Hi, my name is Leon. You're listening to the Punks and Pops podcast. I'm interrupting the start of the podcast because I want you to go listen to my solo project called Punk Rock Servant. My debut song is called Instrumental and it's about political injustice. You can listen and watch the video for it on my YouTube page, Punk Rock Servant. You can also find me on my Facebook. Right, now it's time for me to shut up, listen to my song and enjoy. Big respect from Ukraine for all of you. Peace out. <coughs> Welcome to this Manchester Punk Festival, not at Manchester Punk Festival, Punks in Pubs special. Uh, I've just got off Instagram Live with Andy, who is one of the collective members of Manchester Punk Festival. Uh, Andy and his team have obviously cancelled the festival because of COVID-19. It should have been happening right now. The date, as words are coming out of my mouth, is April the 24th. So I wanted to talk to Andy about what the process has been from having a festival to essentially not having a festival and how it's affected him 
uh, mentally and um, and how it's affected the whole collective, really. Uh, so we talk about all of that, as well as talking about what's happening right now as I record this. So Manchester Punk Festival may be cancelled, but they've gone online to do a couple of shows. So on Saturday and Sunday, if you go to their Instagram live page, they have perform- acoustic performances being played out from there. I don't know them off the top of my head, so make sure you go and check them out. All the links for all that will be in the program description of this podcast. Um, So, yeah, this is just kind of a little special that I wanted to put out there. I won't be back after my chat with Andy because there's really no point. But I will be back in a couple of weeks to give you episode, while we are on episode 55, I'm going to say. But I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to uh, bring you that episode. But until then, enjoy my chat with Andy on Instagram Live. Uh, have a great weekend and bye bye. We are the four horsemen of the rock apocalypse, leaders and saviors of the wild ride to oblivion and ecstasy. One, two, three. the magic of the internet how are you i'm good how are you i'm well man can you hear me all right yeah yeah it's all good 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 so i was just kind of babbling on waiting for you to come on <laughs> i was just talking shit um but yeah i just go i just want to say oh you've got a beer i have not got a beer i've um, been sitting in my um sitting in my garden drinking so <laughs> living it up you, like it must be weird for you right now because obviously this point in time you should be running around getting bands ready or running around merch tables or just or maybe you're just relaxing with a beer but right now obviously you're in your own garden is this the first time you've had like when's the first time you've actually had the whole of um april off <laughs> never never um because i've always um so i'm a teacher so and i've always played in bands so april's always been a good time to tour so i'm um, my Facebook memories is ridiculous for this time of year. I've just got all these memories of different tours, different... We used to do a TNS all day before we did MPS, so memories of all the TNS all day is... <laughs> I don't know. So, and it's busy at real work as well, so yeah. this is very strange for me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to touch on like finding balance, obviously, because you, you've been trying to put this festival on, and obviously it's been cancelled for no fault of your own. Um, but what I think might be interesting for people who might be... Uh, coming in is kind of explain what your role is at Manchester Punk Festival and and what it is that you actually do. Yeah, so Manchester Punk Festival is a collective. So it started with TNS Records, which is me and my mate Bev, um, Anarchistic Undertones and Moving North, sort of coming together and putting a a festival on that we kind of hope will combine our different crowds. So it's like three different Manchester-based promotions doing one big gig, really, to you know, we were all doing all right and getting decent turnouts for our own gigs. And we thought if we all did something together, it might be even bigger, more exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm one sixth of the collective, but it's a lot bigger than that. There's, you know, there's loads of people volunteering. Everyone does it on a voluntary basis. It's no one's job or anything like that. So, yeah. 
but I do all sorts really. <laughs> so, I mean, right now, what what do you think you would have been doing? So, like this time last year, what were you doing around this time? Do you remember? Um, well, the actual weekend, try like the people who volunteer try and take a lot of jobs off us, but you always get sort of pulled here, here, there, and everywhere. Um, like little things to sort out that you're not expecting, but sort of trying to enjoy it at this point really um, and trying to hope that everything you've organised in the prep is going to work and you can sort of have a bit of time but in reality I never really relax because um, I just want to know everything's running smoothly I guess you start around all the venues constantly messaging people checking they've got everything they need checking all the bands have turned up and to be honest we are pretty organised in general a lot of stuff does run itself but as I say, there's just always little things that pop up that you you get worried about or have to sort out. But in general, by this point, I'd probably be a few beers in and starting to enjoy myself. I mean, this year, well, like your lineup was ridiculous. With obviously any sort of flatliners, Red Sea, uh, Red Sea Radio, Random Hand, Oiploy, off of their heads, just to name a couple. Um, and you had sold out quite in advance as well because I think we had a chat this time last year about. Um, uh, you nearly sold out, but you weren't sold out, and you were like doing the final push for selling. And obviously, this year it seems that tickets have like fell out, uh, so just kind of fl- flung off the shelf. So, how much work? Just so people understand, how much work do you actually do throughout the year before you get to this point? Um, well, just to go back a little bit, like we we sold out slightly easier this year because we did have to do a venue change, so capacity was slightly smaller than last year, which I think helped. But I think the lineup was strong as well. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think that made a difference. But what? Well, what? What do you mean? So sort of like. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying yeah. to get. I'm just trying to get people to understand how much work, like, because as you said, you're a teacher as well, and then you're trying to with with the collective of people get a festival together, which is no easy feat. So I'm just trying to understand how many hours you've put into this festival, just so people understand how hard it is and how much you've worked and your team has worked for all of it all of a sudden to kind of be taken away from you taken away from yeah. you because of a virus that's none of your no one's fault. well I don't think you can count the hours you put in I mean you, you're just constantly thinking about it and you, you're sort of at the busy time just sort of like thinking oh I need to do this I need to do this you can't let it go you know you just kind of get in from work and spend a few hours on it some nights and then I guess there's other times when it's less busy but we start working on it we try and have a bit of time out after the festival finishes which is difficult but we try to and then I guess we start working on it properly about 10 months before Hmm. and then um, and then there's you know there's all sorts of it depends what role you've got so one of my biggest personal jobs is I sort of program Um, so that around you know end of February, March, that is relentless. I just come home and work on that for a few hours most days for a period of about three weeks. Because there's a group of us, I guess we try and spread the jobs, but it, I couldn't I couldn't even put into words how much time all of us combined have put into it. Um, it's even things just like constantly messaging, trying to sort out whether bands can do certain days, messaging other people, saying, oh, maybe you could help this band out with a gig where you live, because trying to get them over and just all sorts of little things that just take more time than anyone ever realizes so obviously the reason it is what it is yeah 
<laughs> yeah. We chose to do it. And, um, you know, most of the time we're really happy we chose to do it. Um, and, you know, we've, we've done it because we think it's an exciting thing to do. And it is an exciting thing to do, but it's a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty, like, well, I guess um, we, when we were starting to realise we were in jeopardy, we were sort of like, our first in- inclination was do anything you possibly can to save it, twist, tweak everything, look into ways we can do it safely, look into every option you could possibly have to make it still work. And then you started getting nearer and nearer, and you thought, this ain't happening, this. We, yeah. we can't make this happen. And I think for, for me, and I guess a lot of the others will echo this, um, we were getting to the point and you were hearing more and more in the news and you were thinking, right, I'm sort of getting that, that tipping point where my first priority is to save it and now I'm starting to think this isn't actually safe. You know, we're, you know, we're, <laughs> we're good people. We don't want to bring loads and loads of people into a place where this horrific thing is happening and it could have really, really bad consequences. So we got to point where thinking about people's personal safety and i guess also on top of that when you know some of the foreign bands started to pull thinking well it's not really what they paid for a ticket for we hit that tipping point we thought it's got we can't do this yeah and then after we made the decision a few days later we realized that you know we would have been stopped from doing it anyway but we actually we made the decision to do it a bit before that because we got to that point where we morally felt you know this this ain't right we can't we can't do this so I think for me personally, it was devastating. But once I reached that point where I thought, you know, this isn't right, we can't do this. And it, you knew it was kind of taken out of your hands. I started to make my peace with it. But, you know, the last week or so, normally you're so excited at this point. It's been, it's been tricky. It's been sad, obviously. So what point was it actually on your radar then? Because it came to Europe around about February time. So, at what point were you like turning on? Were you turning on the news and and you and you hear about it in China and were you thinking, well, that's that's in China? And then you turn it on and it's in Italy and it's like, well, that's in Italy. Then all of a sudden it's in the UK and you're like, oh, this this might actually affect us. Do you remember the date or time that was that was kind of started going through the collective's mind? I remember that it was changing from day to day, and I remember a little period of about four weeks where, if you'd asked me what my opinion on whether it would happen or not was I, it would have changed um there was a period where we were thinking like the small gigs we were involved with and we're going to go first and then bigger events might be okay we were looking at measures they were putting in in other countries and they were like banning events that were over certain sizes and and all these different things and for me another weird thing was um, even a week into the lockdown i was teaching classes <laughs> so i was thinking you know how is mpf not safe um, if I'm allowed to be in a room with this amount of people in the college where there's over 2,000 students. So it was really tricky. But, yeah, I guess about three or four weeks before we cancelled, we started to say, you know, this this probably isn't going to work, is it? Mm. Um, it was it was difficult because that, exactly as you say, when you first heard about it, you thought, wow, this is quite big. This could really escalate. And then you're thinking, but it's still quite far from us. Um will it escalate that quickly and then it just did didn't it <laughs> the way it escalated was un- unbelievable yeah i mean i keep i, I keep boring myself because i keep saying this is unprecedented but the way it escalated was absolutely unprecedented i've never seen anything like it
take a swing Or a glass do better when the drinks are in They get what you got now, scrub the light now Doesn't matter when you run away, it's not now So with yourself, because Manchester Punk Festival, Punk Festival is at the early start of the, the festival run, did you feel like you were kind of like on your own because you couldn't talk to any other festival promoters who probably have already started like scaling down or cancelling? Like, did did you have anyone who does this sort of thing? Like, were you talking to them and going, "What would you do?" Um, a little bit, like, but a lot of the sort of well, they're bigger festivals than us, but the festivals I go to and play at like Rebellion and Boomtown I mean they haven't officially cancelled yet but we were obviously (laughs) I mean they're going to 100% are going to cancel well we were sort of looking around at what other people were doing and and even just you know gigs we were talking we obviously talking to the venues and the venues were like well we we need to keep open as long as we can because you know this is how we make our money and this is how we survive and again the escalation thing it was we, yeah, we were looking around at what was happening and looking around what gigs were being pulled. But then we, it just snowballed, didn't it? It just, mm-hmm. within the space of a couple of weeks, you were like thinking, we're fine. And then you were like, oh, there's absolutely no chance. <laughs> was there it any was... point where she decided that you might do like the slam dunk route, where about, say, you've pushed it back to later in the year? Like, do you think that's a smart thing? Or do you think, actually, like, me personally, I just don't see music coming back this time this year no well i i totally agree with that um i mean when it first happened and i go back to keep saying like um my opinion changed almost daily when it first happened we knew it was going to have to be cancelled or, or postponed my initial thinking was postponed because uh, i was thinking surely september october november and then we were very split on that but i i, I was sort of in the let's postpone court and then um things escalated within two I remember within the space of two or three days I went from being pretty keen on postponing to be like yeah no we've got to have a clean break we've got to cancel and to be honest I I think people are talking about rescheduling their gigs and stuff and smaller gigs and things like that I I wouldn't be keen to reschedule anything yet Um, we don't know how this is going to play out Um, and we've got dates in mind for next year but I, I certainly wouldn't be announcing next year yet I think we need to see how things pan out, don't we? And, you know, there's bigger things than gigs. And obviously gigs is one of the biggest things in my life. But I don't think I'd be comfortable putting on a festival if I didn't think people coming were safe. Yeah. And I don't think I'd be comfortable putting on a 100-cap gig if I didn't think people coming were safe either. So we need to let it play out. And and that's devastating, obviously. Um, you know, the thought of not being out... <laughs> I've been to, going to gigs every single week of my life since I was... 15 um, and the thought of not going to a gig for a year horrible but, mm. but I, I think that's the situation we're in I don't think we're going to know when gigs are going to start again for mums yet I mean they said the other day didn't they that um, um, social distancing is not going to be reduced dramatically until the, at least the end of the year so yeah. I certainly wouldn't be if we made the decision to postpone I think it would have been a bad decision um, and I'm really interested see what the festivals that haven't cancelled yet are thinking they're going to do because there must be their tipping point you know where they sort of think we, we, we're going to have to do it 
Well, you've got Scary. some festivals announcing like more headliners, which I think is just so shocking. Like, I know, we saw that. What are you doing? <laughs> like, that's not happening. I mean, uh-huh. bless you for trying, but yeah, it's not. Um, so, obviously, you, you've kind of mentioned that it kind of escalated really quickly. Has there been a moment, probably now actually, whereabouts you've kind of gone, fuck, like, where the hell did this, like, what has happened? Just literally, just like what has happened, and and I, I do that. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Most days I do that. <laughs> I'm just like sitting there doing stuff, and I think, what what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I went I went out for a run the other day, and I ran past the pub, and I I, I want to go to the pub, and I just can't go. In there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm desperate for a pub. If I'm completely honest, it's uh, these, these pubs at home are fantastic, but. I just, I just kind of just want to see my mates have a beer and just talk shit, if I'm honest. Yeah, totally. Okay, let's talk about that aspect of it then. So, like, social distancing came in. You put out the announcement that uh, the festival, the physical festival, was going to cancel on, Mar- on March the seventeenth. At that point, you weren't really allowed to kind of, um, uh, con- uh, like. Consider uh, what's the right word? Um, console each other, like physically console each other, like hug each other, and just say everything's yeah. okay. How's that been? Because that must be weird. Because obviously, as a collective, you've been working so hard up to this point, and then you can't be around each other just to go, it's okay, like hug each other, wipe tears from each other, like and just have a drink. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sure everyone else in the collective would echo this like working so closely is hard but um and we squabble but we're close you know we're close friends and not seeing each other now i mean tom out of our collective said i'm genuinely missing all of you <laughs> this morning on our facebook thread he was genuinely. like genuinely i, I, think <laughs> I, like I that you individually but never as a group <laughs> and it's weird it's just you know yeah you, you do feel distant from people and you know we're lucky to have and I, and I also feel I'm very lucky like you know I've been sitting in my garden it's nice and having a drink and I know people have got it a lot worse so I feel like bad moaning about missing out on things in my social life or whatever but it is difficult it's difficult I, I mean I can't that when we first realised it was just it was awful and the weeks leading up to it were awful I, and as I said I made my peace with it when I realised we had to do it it was out of my hands but it's hard isn't it and you know, the community keeps people going, doesn't it? And that one of the most special things about MPF is people travel from all over, and it's like people I see once a year. Um, I'm not going to see for at least another year. Yeah. <laughs> and then people I see once a week. It's it's really difficult not seeing those people. I mean, it, it's going back to how it escalated. We were on a, a stag do the week, the week, the, the, a couple of days before they advised not to go to pubs. Um, for one of um, the band members, the TNS band, then, and we were all there, and we we had a really nice time. But we were like, this might be the last time we're out as a group. It's been a very, very long time. And then, um, and then, obviously, on the Monday after, they said, you know, don't go to pubs. And then the Monday after that, they said, no, really, don't go to pubs. We're telling <laughs> you, not allowed in. <laughs> um, but that weekend, we sort of realised maybe we shouldn't be out this weekend. And I've got mates in. Um, Denmark and they were um, they sent me a message uh, on the, the Sunday of Stagdo and they said you know um, 
I know your government's not been great telling you what you can and can't do, but if it's anything like here, maybe you want to stop going to pubs now. Um, and we all sort of had that realisation. And then, obviously, then they told you a week or so late not to go to pubs. But, yeah, it's hard. It was sort of thrown into your life, wasn't it? You didn't really have a chance to sort of say to people, oh, can we have one last meet-up or anything? Because it was irresponsible to have that meet-up. I promise everyone this is going to we are going to start cheering up on cheerier subjects in a moment, moment because I am very aware I'm kind of like reliving pro- probably one of the worst months of your life and asking you <laughs> to like tell me about it um, but so what goes into like cancelling a festival then I mean there must be a lot of paperwork and legality around it I mean where do you start? Well the big thing about MPF is um, not of us have ever done any training in any sort of events we're just people who like bands who put on bands that we liked um people started coming to the gigs and then we it got a bit bigger and you know we then we started working together and it got even bigger so none of us really know what we're doing at the best of times you know we make it up as we go along so for this it was very difficult because well first of all we phoned up the insurance (laughs) and they said you know you're not um you're not insured for something um retrospectively so there's not a lot you can do um, then we were like what <laughs> <laughs> and I guess a lot of things doing that you know um, I read an article that was talking about events um, and, and having insurance for this and it's literally people who went back to have been going as long as previous ec- epidemics that have got that sort of insurance most events won't have it mm. and of course we, you never dreamed that anything like this would happen so and then um, we started thinking about the refunds um I guess you thought about whether you're eligible for funding and things like that. But I mean, I guess this is some, one of the things you were going to ask. But um, we've been really lucky because we started, when we cancelled, we we got inundated with people wanting to help. And I think the real positive of MPF um, is that people who go feel invested in it. They know it's not anyone's job. They know it is a DIY thing. They know it's not sponsored. And everyone, most, well, most people, feel like really invested in it so we we were absolutely in update with people wanting to help and we needed that to be honest we would have been in trouble if um, we hadn't had that but yes as you say looking for positives um, we couldn't you know we're absolutely humbled by the response to the cancellation and, and as a result of that we're not in a terrible position anymore we would have been probably going under without the support of our you know our, our punters but Loads of people, all the merch, just, we, we printed some of the merch, but not all of it. We've ended up printing all of it and a bit more because people just wanted to buy it. I think, it's um, a collector's item now, isn't it? I mean, I've got it on, but obviously, <laughs> it's Represent. especially cool to wear merchandise for an event that didn't happen. <laughs> but I think, yeah, people what, knew that was the way they could support us. And then we were just getting loads of messages saying, because I don't donate my ticket money. So we set it up so people would donate a bit of their ticket money but obviously we didn't want people to feel obliged to do that because another thing that you know especially people who were self-employed and stuff when we first announced they had no idea if they were going to get any support at that point we knew a lot of people were worried about money but people you know when they could afford to have donated and we're, we're exceptionally lucky really compared to other things because we will be okay um, we, you know we'd spent a lot of money already and there was no way of getting some of that back but the generosity of 
you know people who were involved in this have really sorted us um and that that's you know it's, it's really really nice you can't you can't put into words how how much that means to you and how special it is that people have, have saved our asses really <laughs> regards to the, the the your local government your local council have they have they reached out to you at all have they have they supported you in any way no but we've not reached out to them because we were lucky enough not to, to need to yeah um i mean i ho- hopefully they will be reaching out to people who need it um you know we're in a privileged position that we kind of got away with it but you know a lot the bigger picture is a lot of people move to Manchester, live in Manchester because of the music scene, don't they? And um, you know, if venues go under, if um, you know, events can't happen when we come out of this, then Manchester's not going to be the same place. So I hope, I hope that's happening. I hope there's support for for the venues massively. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, imagine we come out of this and the venues are all shut because they've gone under because they can't afford it. Um, the people I know who run venues are optimistic, but I guess it depends how long it goes on for. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's for the whole kind of um, catering industry, like the whole industry of of kind of mass people. It's it's just until I, I just yeah, unfortunately, I just don't see until there's a um, a, a a vaccine or cure. I, I just don't see how we can all come together in one place. And and enjoy something. No. It's it's just it's just not going to happen without an explosion of virus again picking up. Um, but I do I do want to. Yeah, so gone. That's the big thing, isn't it? You don't want to be in a position where you do it too soon, and then we're in this position again, only worse. Yeah. You know that that's a big fear for me. That's why I'd be reluctant to reschedule anything because you don't want to come out of it. Everyone go wild, and then it it be another lockdown situation, which is even even worse than what we've got at the moment on many levels you know morally but in terms of thinking selfishly about the gigs and your social life you don't want it to drag on any longer than it has to do you so we've got to sort of do what we need to do really um, i mean were you surprised by the the community spirit around like rallying around the festival after you kind of cancelled the, phys- the physical festival basically saying like you you can get your refunds, blah blah blah, and and then people were like, nah, it's okay, you keep it. Was it surprising? Was there an element of you going, we might get a couple, but yeah, not um, this many. Um, I knew a lot of people would, um, and I felt a bit guilty about it. I, I knew like close mates who, you know, they'd been messaging me before we announced anything, going, you're not you're not taking that ticket money back, and what can we do? And you know, so I I knew a lot of people would. And there was an element of guilt. You didn't want to expect people to do it. Um, but at the same time, we needed it to happen as well. So it, it, it was difficult um, morally um, to like sort of ask people for the money, but at the same time, 
know that some people couldn't afford it. But obviously, we don't think bad of anyone who couldn't contribute. But I did. I knew a lot of people would. Um, and, you know, again, can't say how grateful we are for that. It's amazing. I mean, you ne- you now got T-shirts that are now uh, collector's items. They're, they're like... Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're an NFL fan, but whenever there's a Super Bowl, they, the champions have their T-shirts printed already. So there must be like teams out there who have T-shirts, Super Bowl T-shirts printed out who didn't win it. And like they're now yeah. such <laughs> massive collector's items to try and find them. I'm, I'm going to guess that's kind of what uh, the MPF T-shirts are going to be. Uh, people wearing yeah, them. Well, going. <laughs> Me and Bev from TNS always quite like it when there's a little mistake on something or like something hasn't quite worked out and people notice it and you maybe get something reprinted. <laughs> I quite like that thing. It's, it's quite, quite a nice um, sort of reminder of things that happened, isn't it? Or didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you remember that time there was that virus? Yeah, I've got a t-shirt from it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so the so there's fi- always been Sorry, uh, bands who've been cancelled on the back of the t-shirts because obviously we have to get the t-shirts printed before the event and you always get some cancellations. So, um, there was one particular band that was on two T-shirts in a row and didn't play. <laughs> so there's, there's always there's always things like that. Um, whereas this time we are all out um, and no one plays. <laughs> you should do a limited run of uh, of the uh, the cancellation image that you put out on your T-shirt. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, so <laughs> the physical side of the festival obviously isn't going ahead, but you've moved to the digital side of it so obviously this weekend well now actually at 8 o'clock um, you've got uh, bands doing acoustic shows uh, on Instagram live and then I think back in March you had uh, most of the headliners play um, acoustic shows how did that come about was that you asking them or did they go oh we'll do this and Kieran from the collective really led that he um, wanted to set up the first one and it went really well and it just made sense to do another one. I think people have um, got a lot out of it, really, haven't they? I mean, it's it's not the same, of course, isn't it? But you've got to make the best of things. And and it is a way for people to connect with each other and to know you're watching the same thing as a load of other people and you, to know you're making the best of it. Um, I was speaking to someone I worked with the other day and she said, um, I'm bored, shitless at home. And she went, but seeing all the stuff you lot do, and she's like, you're seeing, like, you do make the best of everything, don't you? She's like, it's been quite exciting seeing all the stuff you've been announcing and seeing that you're still trying to make things happen and do stuff. I thought that's quite nice, really. You know, it, it's it's nice to know that all your mates are going to watch the same thing at the same time, and and it shows you that people will once this is over, people will really go for it, won't they? People mm. will really support everything. Um, so it's good, you know. It's it's something to keep people occupied and. It'll, it'll be some really good music um, of course it's not the same but it's making the best of it isn't it and that's what you have to do do you think this is something that you might continue throughout the year then where you might put like a Manchester uh, punk festival Instagram live mini gig on throughout the year possibly because um, 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 Bear from TNS has very much led this but we, we did TNS Club 7 where we had a few success at 7 um, for 10 days in a row I think was um and that went really well um you know between sort of 40 people and 350 people watched those which is you know you'd be more than happy with that at a real gig wouldn't you so (laughs) so, um so yeah i think we're going to do a second run of them um so yeah i think i think they'll carry on but whether we do another mpf one will have to be discussed but you know just 
I don't see a reason why not to if um, enough people are interested and enough people want to watch it. Yeah. So it's definitely an option. So people watching this or listening, how can they support you guys then? Is it is it go and buy some merch and, and that, that will help you going into 2021? I have to be honest, we sold the vast majority of the merch. They're a little bit there. So obviously, get, you know, if you fancy something, go and have a look on the website and there's bits there. Um, but yeah, just keep people interested in it, I guess, is a big thing for us. Like, So if you see the live things that you like them, share them on social media. All of MPF is spread. You know, we've not got a big advertising budget because we're not sponsored with DIY. So it's all spread from word of mouth. It started small. Some people came, enjoyed it, told more people about it, got bigger and bigger. So just spreading the word and talking about it and saying, oh, maybe if you like this sort of music, you should watch this look at this that that's really cool for us it really helps us um and i guess that goes for everything similar than that small labels um other people doing similar things to this just just try and support it and spread the word i think that really helps perfect right i'm gonna let you go and get ready for the is it eight o'clock it does start at eight doesn't it yeah helen chambers is on eight o'clock i've actually got the line up here just so i didn't forget go <laughs> so for yeah, it that's eight tonight <laughs> so helen chambers charles bitter Signals Midwest, Decent Criminal, Fresh, and Ducking Punches are on tonight. And then, yeah, tomorrow it starts again at 8. On Sunday, we have got a couple of things in the daytime at 12 o'clock we start, and then the evening starts at 6.30. So, yeah, go to mantisfunkfestival.co.uk and you can see it all or just have a look on, you know, social media, so Facebook or Instagram and all the details are there. Um, yeah, but thank you. Mate, I hope you're well. Um, I hope all your loved ones are well. I hope uh, give say hello to everyone who who uh, the collective are doing this, and hopefully twenty twenty one, mate. Everyone will be there, have a cracking time, and it'll be a laugh. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Thank you very much for doing this. We appreciate it, mate. Mike, no problem, no problem, mate. Stay well. Nice one. See you, See you there, mate. Bye bye.